It is the Overtime Podcast, along with Matt Harrington and Brandon Spratt. I'm Pete Wagner. Action-packed show for you here today. You've made the right choice because this is where hockey happens. Also, maybe where the Twins will get destroyed, along with uh, some Vikings talk. Twins have earned every bit of that. And uh, we have some guests with us today. Joining us in our action-packed hour is going to be Breakdown Sports USA's Tim Kolaminen, along with Academy of Holy Angels coach Pat Griswold. Go Stars! He's going to be in studio. Yes. Exciting. I know. You guys are getting nervous. <laughs> celebrities here, right? No, Grizz is a great I'm guy. Miss Grizz? What, what's that, Tim? I said, I'm going to miss Grizz. That's too bad. He, I, he's, he's a fun one to talk to, all right? I mean, you can hang out if you want to. I mean, why not? By the way, we well, are in. I don't know. I got to. Go ahead. I do have to get to yoga, man. So I've got to keep this body in perfect condition. Why am I not surprised? Uh, Meta Sports League (laughs) Studios is where we are. Don't forget about Meta Buttes, a hockey-themed NFT project from the Meta Sports League. Check them out at metabuttes.io. Jack Links, Sniper's Edge Hockey, the Prospect Exchange, TPE, Evaluate, Share, Advance. And also, of course, St. Louis Park Nutrition, SLP Nutrition, some great protein. I'm, I'm burying 34 grams of protein right now in a, uh, a Starburst, really flavorful, sugar-free, Ooh. non-caffeinated tea. And then, of course, ban- <laughs> the banana cream pie uh, shake. Delicious. Alex Brosey, great guy there. Check him out on Instagram, of course, at SLP underscore nutrition. Let's get into it right now. Tim Kolaminen, how's your summer been? Obviously, last time uh, we saw you was at the XL Energy Center working the uh, boards, watching the Photogs get into some scuffles and uh, doing the state tournament. Yeah, how about that, right? We've got, you know, photographers, we're, we're kind of uh, type A personalities. You know, we know what we like and we want to go for it. So, no, I don't know. I, I, I love hanging out at the state tournament, though, for the most part. It's a, it's a great time to catch up with people and you know, see guys like you and, and Matt there and, you know, it's talk a, some hockey for a little while. It's a classic. It's lonely just doing this from my desk at home. It's a classic culture, um, and it's a culmination, a celebration. And I think what makes uh, high school hockey in Minnesota a little bit different and stands above the rest is just the level of coverage. And it's so full and rich of different perspectives of what's going on. Look at the other sports around the country in every other state. It doesn't look like this at all. Would you agree with that statement? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, there's a lot of characters out there, too. You know, you've got the traditional media that, that covers it as they normally would. But then you've got, you know, you've got guys like us that, that have kind of a little niche that we're into. And, and then you've got, you know, there's some oddballs out there, too. I don't want to name any names because I love everybody. But you Look know, at you going it's, judgmental. It's an interesting mix of people that you get at the state tournament. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you went full judgmental on that, didn't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think Tim Layton is kind of... angry at the world. But let's be honest. Tim Layton has kind of cleaned out uh, the the cupboards a little bit, and it's a little more... It's it's pretty bare up there. I mean, it used to be where it was everybody and their dog had seats up there, and it was chaos. Popcorn all over the place. Right? Fair, fair. I can remember you dipping into those cookies a few times. You know, (laughs) And the cookie dough this year, especially. Oh, we went, yeah. Well, that was before I, I, I shaved the 40. With 40 more to go, hence St. Louis Park Nutrition. You guys are not helping the sponsor here. <laughs> I have I to even recognize you when I see you next, then, Wags. Well, I'm so svelte, I won't even. If you know me, I rubber band. I mean, I'm a, I'm about as big of an up and down guy. So what I'll do is I get down to the buck ninety five, be very comfortable there, and then I start sending Maddie Harrington. Yo, true story. This is this is just me being comfortable in my skin. How pathetic I was. I love that cookie dough, that fake stuff at at the ex. You know what I'm talking about, Tim? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. D- did you see me eating it ever? <laughs> I have seen you eat it. How yes. could how could you not? So I sent uh, Matt Harrington because I got embarrassed because it's something like a little kid would eat. So since he's young, I'm like, uh, Maddie, you know, I tip him. Didn't I tip you? You did. Yes, I tip did. him. I'd say, hey, can you go down and get me some of that cookie D? And he's like, no problem. He'd come back up. And um, man, two cups usually. Like, was time. it two cups a day? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, a day, right? A day. Yes. Yeah. Two wow. cups a day for four days. Like well, I mean, when you're there for 12 uh, you know, hours, it's like one every six hours. I mean, your sugar is going to absolutely just just plunge. So I needed to bring that back. One of my favorite things about the uh, state tournament is when we go eat in that club level. 
uh, you know, you sometimes will, will, will pop in there. Or when you go get the, uh, is that is that some form of prime rib from the carving station? Yeah, something like that. You, you get to float with the elitists up there on the upper level, on the club level. Pretend. Instead of eating the hot dogs yeah, down pretend. with the riffraff on the, on the you main know, level. We, we have, speaking of elitists, we have something very, very unique here, Tim. That uh, Matt Harrington, how many days did you spend on this girls and boys uh, power rankings breakdown? Uh, it took me about two weeks in total, so probably eight or nine, ten days. Yeah. So you know, obviously we do the. You know, I've been doing rankings since day one, way back, and so I don't have those. But Matt somehow found a way to keep all of these within his uh, his uh, fingertips, and so he went through Tim the last three years of each team that's been ranked. And who's been ranked the highest, the longest, and and most consistent? Do you want to go through that with us right now and, and hear some of the trends? I would love to hear it. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, let's let's find out what we got here. Okay, that was really a pregnant pause. I got concerned. <laughs> I, I started looking for I connectivity. Thought we dropped him, and then I'm like, oh god, he's answering a a, a hinge call or something. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I had to get out of my downward dog and and get back on the. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> Well, so this is interesting. Um, Matt broke it down into double A and A. And let's start first with the double A. And this dates back to the 1920, 2021, 21-22 seasons, correct? Yep, 2019-20 was our so first last three year. seasons. Yep. Okay, so Matt, what were some of the things, like from an overview that you learned as far as where teams are fitting right now? Yeah, I mean, you kind of saw your typical teams that you would think would be at the top. Um, if we're talking single A, I mean, Hermantown, no surprise there that they were on every single one of our rankings. Lowest rank that they had was number three. So they never have ever dipped below that in our boys' class A. Uh, Warroad, same thing. I think they were at six at their lowest. Um, but those two teams were the only teams, including double A, uh, that have been on every single rankings. Matamidi only missed one week. And I'm going to have to try and go back and figure out which week that was. Um, but then when you look at double A, you saw a lot of teams that were consistently on there. Andover, uh, Maple Grove, Eden Prairie, Lakeville South, Hill Murray, uh, to name a few. But I noticed, Wags, that when I looked at the boys and the girls, is that the boys had a lot more number ones than the girls did. Yeah, there's a lot more. Well, the boys, especially in the double A, when you get to the A, it's it was it got to the the war. Look at this, Hermantown out of thirty three weeks, Tim twenty weeks at number one over those three years. That's two thirds of the campaign. War Road had slipped in there too uh, uh, eight times, and then the rest were just sort of hit and miss. But I mean, twenty eight of the thirty three weeks in the Class A, it's been those two teams. Is that of any surprise yeah. to you? I mean, that's pretty much how it's going, right? Yeah, that's that's no surprise, really. Uh, you know, Hermantown being so uh, so consistently at the top level for those three years, I, I'm not surprised at all. I'm I'm actually kind of curious who's uh, who those five that slipped in were, uh, besides Warroad. Well, let's Hermantown. tell you. Want to know who they were? Yeah, at the yeah, Class A level, uh, do you have those handy, Matt, or do I have to scroll? Uh, I can pull them like, up for you. It so looks like it was Cathedral for four weeks, and then Monomedi for the other one. Yeah. I, w- I would have guessed Matamidi for at least one of them, yeah. So Cathedral got in there four times. That must have been uh, that team from three years back then, that, that first year you were tracking it. That's correct. They were uh, preseason yeah. number one that year, and then they Come, yeah. had a few weeks in January that year. So what we're going to do on the, the MN Hockey TV and our uh, MN Hockey TV app, which used to formerly be known as the YSP app, which is Youth Sports Plus, we're going to uh, release the top ten all-time past three years. And then probably put some snippets remember this type thing right matt yes yep absolutely cool. kind of fun we'll do it for boys and girls there's something that uh, needs to be brought up though who's only been on this thing eight weeks these three <laughs> years tim you want to guess uh, a, a team that most would consider a perennial powerhouse has only been in the top yeah. 10 of the mn hockey tv rankings eight out of 33 weeks the past three seasons they did peak at number one um, they've been number one twice. Who would that be? I have a feeling they probably wear green. <laughs> I'm just guessing. On Are they one. from the, the east side or the west side? 
I was thinking green over on the uh, west side, and I'm wondering if Bart Archer would be a little surprised. Yeah, well, Bart Archer clearly does not impact the rankings from our. Uh, you know what I'll do is whenever I do these this writing, I always say like it's you know our um, our rankers and our service, and you know like it's a bunch of people, but it's just me. And and I I hey, I, I, I tried to do a thing last year where I had all you guys, all my announcers. Tim, this was just an absolute shit show where I wanted to have these guys actually uh, submit their top tens. I'd get to, I, you know, and that's like, oh, sorry, man, I forgot. Hey, man, no. And so I'm like, okay. You know, Brandon, I'm sure you were probably pretty consistently yeah. into it and good. Matt, I have class. Or whatever it is, you know. I mean, it's just sort of like, okay. So I said, screw you guys. And I just kept going. But, you know, I think, I think this is actually, to look at this, it's very validating for me, Tim, because... You know, when you do your preseason rankings, what do you do in your breakdown book to determine who these people are and where you go with it? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the obvious first thing you look at is who's who's coming back, who's returning, what what do people have in the system? Um, but we also ask the coaches. We ask the coaches and the kids, too. We, we ask the coaches who are the top teams in their section. Uh, so we kind of get a feel for that, have them ranked one through six. Um, so that helps out. We ask the kids the same thing, like who's going to win your section. So section wise, we get a good look at it that way. And then we just kind of compile that, uh, staff wise, Lauren Nelson, obviously doing a great job on the, on the boys hockey book with me here too. And just look at that and kind of break it down. And, and we're right now, we keep talking back and forth about who do we think is back? I mean, we're really struggling with I know. Uh, the exact person to put on the cover because we want to make sure obviously that it's, you know, we did that one year. We had a guy that we thought was coming back for sure. We put him on the cover, and he didn't. Um, so we don't want to. We don't want to repeat that effort. So it's yeah. So that's a little bit more of a challenge. But yeah, just just all of that. You know, you look at the youth rankings a little bit too. You know, who who did really well at the uh, Bantam AA State Tournament? You know, those guys maybe me won't make a huge impact that first year that they're up at varsity level, but sometimes they can. You know, if you got a really elite guy coming up. So, yeah, just some combination of all of that. And then we, we kind of throw them together. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm sure there's some uh, history of the program that feeds into that, too. You know, I remember one year I ranked Edina, I don't know, 10th, 11th, something like that. They were right at the back end of my rankings. Well, they ended up winning the state title that year. So, you know, I look into some of that, too. Those traditionally strong programs, you, you tend to bump them up just a little bit. Well, you know, it's so interesting. So maybe I have more of an Edina bias than you do. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you do. I mean, you know, I, no, I mean, I, I think um, what this really shows is um, what we know about the class single A. It's It's been the Hermantown War Road Matamidi show. You know, East Grand Forks really lurking at four. And I really wish uh, I could see what it would look like to have Jackson Panzer on that insanely talented young group of players that are there. Boy, would he... I, I don't know, just from a developmental perspective, I think if I'm a next-level group, I want to see people making those around me better. And how are you helping these guys grow, mature, and be better? What a great leadership opportunity, power play, penalty kill. I just don't know. I mean, I, obviously he's gone. He's an incredible talent. He's going to do great in the offshore, but um, I don't think he's coming back. I mean, but again, Tim, the one thing that Lauren Nelson from Legacy.Hockey, just to get that out there, has always said, we just don't know. I mean, so we may think this guy's gone, then he may be at the last second. I'm coming back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I still remember we had a couple of years. Uh, I remember when Kyle Rowe was at Eden Prairie. I think oh, the yeah. day we published that book or the day I sent that thing to the printer, we were still you know, trying to figure out if he was coming back or not. Yeah, that um, was an emotional thing. Yeah, and then Casey Middlestead too. We we're pretty sure he was coming back. Do you think? You know, do you think Kyle Rao ever? Do you think Kyle Rao ever regretted that decision to come back and then score that state championship game-winning goal like he did in 2011 uh, off his brother's shot off the pillow? I mean, absolutely incredible of uh, of an effort there. I mean, do you, you know from JoJo yeah. Janetta and goal? Do you think? Do you think he'd ever uh, regret that and then go on to the U, play the way he did, play some games with the Florida Panthers? have been a mainstay in the wild organization, most like, mostly in uh, Iowa, but some stuff up with the club. Do you think that impacted him? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I think, I think he, uh, he enjoyed every moment of that. I don't think he would trade that for anything. And he obviously didn't hurt him. I mean, he's, he's certainly making a name for himself in the uh, NHL. He's, he's done just fine for himself. Yeah. So. He, he, he did great there. The other thing in, in the double a, what I've learned looking at this 
Matt, and I think you know you probably learned a lot about this. Must have been a kind of a fun exercise for you to just you oh, know, yeah. see. Uh, Andover Maple Grove have really been the two that have elevated. You know, it takes a while to get sifted in as a player, right, or as a team that's a player, and then you need to lose before you can win. And they've done that. So Andover got through that last year. Maple Grove got to the state final. But Eden Prairie has been so bizarre because um, they have decent youth teams and they they have benefited from a lot of move-ins. And um, at the time, Lee Smith did incredible stuff to make that whole thing gel. They've been relevant. You know, they've had 22 weeks in the top 10 out of the 30. How many is it? 30, 33. 33, yeah. Uh, but Lakeville South then lurking in there has always been um, kind of a 1B to the Andover Maple Grove surging into relevancy. They played Eden Prairie in the final. Of course, they lost in overtime with Jackson Blake stepping up there. But the one thing that stands true to me is that Hill Murray is just incredibly consistent. And we're going to talk to Pat Griswold coming up in a few minutes about how tricky and difficult it is to continue to have a roster that competes when you don't have a youth program as a basis from which to grow off. So I, I think, you know, when you look at this, you know, Benilde St. Margaret's is in there too. Mm -hmm. uh, they are 21 of the 33 weeks. But, you know, when you look at Benilde's uh, number one rankings, I got to go to the specs here. I can't see anything. Um, they've never had a number one ranking. They've been number two at their highest, uh, uh, or uh, number four, rather. No, sorry. Number two is their highest. They've been number two four times. Oh, four times. Yeah. Okay, so that's how you go four horsemen on me. So <laughs> I thought Ric Flair was coming in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but they've been remarkably consistent, too. And they've come in as a one, two, three, uh, wait, one, two, three, four, five, uh, on average, sixth-ranked team. And that would be about right. Does that mean they're state tournament worthy? Absolutely. Have they gotten there? No. Right. That's when the Wyzettas and the Edinas, who are probably more built for postseason, come into play. But along the way, if you do this on a results-based thing, I mean, it's one thing when you do rankings to sit and think about, okay, um, who do we think is the best team? We're not predicting. That's not what I do. I don't predict who I think is going to win the state tournament on that week. What I do is I look at who's beating who, mm -hmm. by how much, in what situation, who's hurt, who's not hurt. And then direct head-to-head -head results impact that. It's no different than what you do with the college football rankings, how they do that. And I think that's I, I think there's just different people that do it different ways. But you guys tell me, is there a better way to go about it than that? I'm not changing, but that's that's how this works. I, I think it works because, and you see it in in this spreadsheet here, the map put together. There's so much volatility in in double A and. You know, it, we, it's been a while since we've seen a team kind of threaten to go unbeaten. You know, Lakeville North obviously did it, but it, that's just not the reality right now. The state champion's going to have some losses. They're going to take their bumps along the way. And, you know, I mean, Creighton and, and others, you know, they went kind of deep into the season last year with just a few losses. And, it, you know, it's it's such a wide open double A field right now. I think that's kind of how you have to do it. Who's playing the best on a particular week or few weeks, as you said. Tim, let's turn our attention to the girls. I want to talk more about these rankings. And a lot of this plays into what we're going to talk about. And, you know, it, it doesn't lie in the double A. There have been a total of one, uh, two, three, three teams in the last three years ranked at number one. It's been Andover 29 times, Edina just six, and Minnetonka one. Now, when you when you take a look at those twenty nine, uh, many of Andover's number ones have been Bell the Bell, right, Matt, from uh, last year and the year before. Yes, correct. In fact, I think uh, last year they went all the way uh, number one the entire season. If we had done the three previous years, those numbers with Edina and Andover would have been inverted. Mm -hmm. However, the narrative has really been Edina and Andover, and then Minnetonka just sort of competing in there and just being around and relevant enough. Um, but then the rest of the class, I don't know, Tim, is it good for high school hockey that everybody's, you know, pretty much congregated to these communities? It almost feels like uh, you have a, a like a two-tier system. Like you have it's weird. maybe three or four teams, like you said, that can compete for a state title and everybody else is just kind of playing out the season. You know, 
want they want to get to state, but they know that once they get there, there's maybe not a great chance of getting anywhere. That even getting to the semifinals is is a, a challenge. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's good or not. I mean, I suppose you can say the same thing on the boys' single A side. Is that is that good for that level or not? It's good to have elite teams that people want to watch, but with you know 125 girls programs, 155 boys, whatever the numbers are now, um, you know, is it is it good that 120 of those 125 girls programs know that there's really nothing they can do to to ever win a state championship the way it's currently set up? Well, I don't know. That don't can know kind of go both ways in in this regard. You know, you take a look at the Hermantown loss to Matamidi. Uh, Matamidi was good, but they were not in that Hermantown class, let's be honest. And in that game, Hermantown was the better team, but Matamidi might have defended as well as they possibly could, took advantage of their opportunities, and bingo, they win a state title. That is like legendary story. And that town is on the map, and they were so good. And they're they're very good. They're right in the top echelon. They're the number three ranked uh, class uh, single A team. They've been in uh, 32 out of the 33 weeks. I have a feeling the one week they weren't was in 1920 season, right, Matt? I believe Just so. Say yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. thanks. Uh, sell it. Um, then you know, I mean, but it's 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 interesting, Tim, because I mean, the rules are what the rules are, and you know, we can kind of hopscotch around it that way. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I wrestle with it that. If there are if there are two to four communities where everybody kind of goes to to play, is that good for the game? I mean, I'm asking it again. Yeah, and you know what we've seen on the girls' side too lately. Um, I mean, it's kind of been going on for a while, but for a while I thought girls' hockey was kind of growing. There were more programs being added, but lately there's been a contraction. There's been more co-ops happening again. There, you know, there's a few more this year. Um, so the well, and you know that. Because you've got, you know that because you've got your list of teams, right? And you're like, oh, here's another one with a slash or a hyphen. Yep, yep, exactly. Oh, hey, by the way. It just seems to be contracting a little bit. And I wonder, does that play into it? Is it, is it the competitive balance that does that? Or, you know, what are, what are the girls thinking of that, uh, you know, that they're maybe not coming out in the numbers that they used to come out? Correct. Uh, Let's, let's solve that uh, uh, forward slash hyphen scenario. Let's see if our two youngsters know what they mean. On the uh, co-ops. Do you know what that means? You, you told me once. and I'm Okay, let's use Proctor Hermantown. Is it Proctor dash hyphen, if you will, Hermantown, <laughs> or Proctor forward slash Hermantown? I know it's slash. Why? Is it because they're two separate communities? G- give me a little schools. more. Two separate Bang. schools. Two okay, separate yes, schools. yeah, because they are communities. Right. But it's two schools that still exist brick and mortar. Okay. If you get the hyphen, it's two communities that have merged into one. One school. So you would get, at the time, now Rockridge, Virginia, um, uh, I believe it was Dash, Mountain Iron, backslash, Buell. Mm. So Mountain so Iron. So Buell was a school at the time. Right. Mountain Iron was merged in with Virginia. Is that right, Tim? We got it, right? Uh, you flipped it. I think it's Virginia slash Mountain Iron Dash Buell. Okay. Mountain Iron Buell is a yeah, school. yeah, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Then, yeah <laughs> well, I don't have to write it anymore <laughs> because it's just Rockridge. So that's perfect because now you're sticking <laughs> Eveleth in there. But it was Eveleth Dash Gilbert. Mm-hmm. One school, yes. both communities. So for Correct. those of you, you got a little bit of value here on the show as you stuck with us through all of this stuff. And uh, that's really amazing things. Um, you know, a couple of other things to note in the in, what's interesting in the, in the girls' power rankings, we have uh, in the class A, War Road has been the class uh, of of the group. Seventeen weeks at number one, thirty six on the uh, charts out of thirty six weeks. Uh, Breck was so good, and you know they weren't in it at all last year, obviously, and they kind of fell off the table as things occurred there. But uh, they it was it was the War Road Breck show, and then Proctor Hermantown, that's what they uh, forward slash by the way, <laughs> jumped in, uh, and they've been very good and consistent. But then you kind of go through Mount West Tonka. Uh, Orono gets into the state tournament for the first time last year. I always think it's great to see South St. Paul relevant. And they play a tough schedule uh, as a Class A team. But 28 weeks out of 36 for them in the top 10. That, that's uh, really good. Dave Palmquist does a terrific job there, as we all know. But when you continue through on the girls' end of things, there have been 58 teams that have been ranked in the A and AA uh, rankings so far. 
uh, over the past three years. And for the boys, there's been 59 teams that mm. have been ranked in the A or double A. You could argue 60 with Gentry when they were class oh. A and double A and, you know, that right. whole thing. So there you go, Tim. All right, I like it. You know, one of the things I noticed when you were going through that list, too, especially on the boys' side, was a lot of consistency with coaching. You're mm. naming some of those mm. programs. You've got a lot of coaches that have been there that entire time and, and you know, for many decades previously to that. So uh, there were a few that, that stood out to me, like Lakeville South boys. They've had some coaching changes and stayed relevant. And now we'll see if Eden Prairie can do the same thing this year, too. So that, that'll be something to keep an eye on. You know, by the way, I think Eden Prairie is going to be one hell of a sleeper addition. Don't you? Could be. Is is Coring playing with them this year? Absolutely okay. he is. Yeah. And uh, I know this, that there's some NHL teams that are full drool mode over him. They love the size, the yeah. control. Well, uh, I heard... Some are saying he's a top 100 pick right now. So he, oh. he actually played his first game in the Elite League this week. Heard he had some kind of injury over the summer, but it was his first game back. And he was, I mean, he didn't miss a beat. He was right on the pace, had a fantastic game. So, I mean, him and Teddy Townsend, you look at, those were two of the mm -hmm. best players I saw. At the elite well, they got so a lot far, of they so. got a lot of Bantam uh, help coming in. Yep. So I think they're going to be good. Tim, uh, if you were to if you were yes. to spill out a couple of uh, surprise sleepers for you, start first on the girls' end of things. Uh, do you have any concept of that right now? Who that could be? You mean team wise? Yeah. Who's going to surprise you? Well, you know, not to be a, a, a homer on the double A side, but I think this is the year Morehead gets to the state tournament for the first time in about fifteen years and. Uh, depending on how they get seated or not seated, you know, if, if they can avoid one of those top three teams in the state in the first round, you might see them make a semifinal run. That'd be a big step up here for uh, for Ryan Craft and the Spuds. I I may be a homer on that call, but I, I really like what's going on up here. Um, so that's that's my that's my double A. The Bart Archer and you came out. <laughs> but the Bart Archer me, yeah. Except my, you know, I got the orange and black. I don't have wear green <laughs> underwear like Bart. Well, at least you're at least you wear colors. Okay, um, how about yeah. on the boys' end of things? Yeah, boys' end. Of, there's actually because of that little bit more competitive balance that we talked about. There's a there's a few teams that I think are are interesting. Like uh, Lauren Nelson did a feature story on two of the AA teams that I think are going to be a lot better. Well, everybody knows about Chanhassen already, so that's probably not a big surprise. But you know, to see them make a breakthrough and get into the state tournament, that might be something that's possible for them. Um, but the other one, and, and this one will definitely surprise people, but they've got something going on right now is Coon Rapids. I know. Ooh, mm -hmm. I like that yeah. one. Yeah, and that's that's a really dark horse one. Because Looking they, forward yeah, to putting so. them on the network, Tim. I'm excited about that. Yes, that is a dark great. horse. Yep. I love it. Absolutely. Yep. Go Cardinals. Absolutely. That, that's a great call. That, that, that's, that, that is a subtle sleeper. Yes. I'm also hearing uh, that Rochester Mayo is going to be decent this year pat is that true yeah i haven't uh looked at what they graduated but i know they had a solid squad last year for sure Look at that. we just we just slinked them right Rolled in, right pat in. Griswold. that's beautiful like we're gonna take a break and be all official here but i, I had to go there all right tim uh, i know you've got to move on we got to get on to pat here he's got a busy day and uh, we got to keep the show ripping if we go anything more over an hour people are saying what are you doing i've got more important things to do this is boring so we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to have more this is the overtime podcast right here from the meta butte sports league studios in lovely edina minnesota nailed it our producer is Glenn Gray. You have Matt Harrington and Brandon Spratt, along with Pete Wagner, joining us in studio. Is the Academy of Holy Angels stars head coach? He's smart because he knows the cameras are rolling. He's got the tumbler. <laughs> he's got the uh, hoodie. Pat Griswold, thanks for joining us here today. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, we're excited because you're always a uh, a very uh, a good study on the game, and uh, we have plenty of uh, things to chat with you about and uh, are looking forward to it. First of all, are you, uh, well, can we go here for a second? Yeah. Are you a Twins fan, fan at all? Yeah. How disappointed are you? Extremely. Six and 15 <laughs> when it matters. Like, I can't take the, I, I mean, I literally watch, well, the last probably two, three weeks, I haven't watched as much, but literally almost every single game I will catch at some point. Right. Whether it's an inning, Me too. two innings, mm -hmm. whatever. Yep, yep. I'm so sick of 47 pitches through five innings, two hitter, and we get them, yank them. That's unbelievable. Can't go through third no. time. Nope, can't Drives do it. Me nuts. Uh, it's 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 the weirdest uh, management of a pitching staff I've ever seen. What do you think is going to happen to the bullpen when you put that kind of pressure on them? 
Well, and it's every night too. Every you night. Know, every single night. And and it was um it was God, I can't remember. It was listened to um um John Bonus and, and Gleeman and those yep. guys and they were saying and they made a good point and actually it was Mike Grimm that made the point. He said, you know, usually teams you know, you're trying you're trying to get the starter out. You know, the other team is, right? The visiting team. Right. right? And so how, how can we get to the That's really you know, good get point. to the bull point? We're the opposite. That's so a great point. We can't get to the bullpen fast enough. Yeah. Why? So, so, so a starter's owning you, and you're going, God, are we ever going to get to the bullpen? And now we're like going, okay, here you go. Now you can just tee off. Now, hey, some nights those guys are on, but you need you you need so instead of six to seven, you now need twelve to fourteen relievers because sure. you've doubled up their workload. And then for some reason, what's really odd is they're babying these starting pitchers, and they're still hurt. Mm-hmm. All of them. One hundred percent. Everybody needs to be fired, period. Someone needs to say it. Get out of here. You're not wanted. You're terrible. All of you. I, I think it's a, I think seriously. They'll, I think they'll give another year. They, uh, sadly, you're right. Yeah. But it's pathetic. Yeah. When, the, when, the, when, the, when the boat's taking water, it's time to bail. Bail now until you bottom out. Because, you know, this, this, the, the deal uh, with all, how many picks did they send off in these? Deadline or, or high, not picks, but high end players of their top thirty six, five, six, yeah, something like that. a few yeah. of their top thirty prospects. <sighs> okay, anyway, thank you. <laughs> I felt good. I'm just bitter, um, but it's true. Someone needs to say it. So there, we said it. They got to be fired immediately. So speaking of uh, better topics, let's talk about hockey and uh, your team and the things that are going on and. You know, the first question I really wanted to get to with you is, you, you know, we kind of brought this up in our earlier discussion about being at a private school. Sometimes you guys get chirped because, well, he can have any player he wants. Well, depending upon the school you're at, there's probably not a lot of, quote, aid to go around. And it's 15, 17 grand, 20, whatever it is to go to those schools. You don't have a youth program. How hard is it for you to field a varsity and JV team that's competitive with what you do? Um, well, it's not easy, right? Right. And especially when, you know, um, you know, we, when we started, right, it was back-to-back six wins, right? And we've talked a hundred times, right? I mean, private schools, and I mean this in a good way, and I've said it, and I've made sure I say it the right way, it's their fads, right? And and there's not 90 kids going to Hill Murray trying out every year because their academics are better than, you know, Breck, right? Yeah. You know, just, you know, you, or Blake or us or whoever, right? And it's, if you win, kids will come, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. and that's what it is, right? Um, that said, you know, we kind of talk about tuition. Yeah, it's it's harder, but, you know, there's a lot of kids that are on aid too, right? So sure. it's not, you know, and I just tell people don't always look at the sticker price, right? So. Well, and there's value to it. 100%. You know, um, my daughter went there, and I can't say enough about where she is in life, positioned uh, perfect. Yep. And a lot of it has to do with that. Yep. And it was worth every penny. And, and I'll give you an example. So my niece went through Holy Angels. Um, she's a sophomore at St. Thomas and um, had lunch with her this summer. And we were talking, and I just said, how, you know, how's school going? And she's like, she's like, Pat, honestly, school is easy. Like, I was learned how to study yeah. at Holy Angels. And she and she was, you know, she was probably like a 3-1, 3-2 student at her freshman year she mm-hmm. was three eight student by her senior year now she's a three six three seven student at st thomas so um it's it's real i mean that education is very very good it matters so your team how do you like from what you saw in the summer and what's going on with the kids now uh in their their fall stuff how do you like what you got so far good i think we i mean i think we're going to some stri- surprise some people even though we're going to be young right um and when i say young not necessarily by grade but just by experience mm-hmm. right um, solid few that are back. Um, but overall, I mean, our young guys that are coming in are very high end, very high skilled guys, right? But again, they're young, right? Our JV guys that are going to be coming in and playing, they haven't had a lot of experience, right? So it's going to be early on. It's going to be a different team this year than last year, right? How? I mean, well, I mean, last year we just had. I mean, the only new varsity player in, onto our team was Henry Lechner, right? So, yeah. so right away, I mean, it was a couple systems things early on, and then it was just refining everything and going right. Mm-hmm. Where this year it's going to be a lot of teaching, right? And there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of new kids up to our varsity, and and then kids coming into our program, and we, you know, we've got a couple transfers as well, and so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a lot of teaching, which which is exciting, right? It's super, yeah, it's super fun. You know, no, with, it's super fun. With the young players, this isn't true to form for all of them, 
But I do think there's been mm, maybe a cultural shift over the past five years or so where there's an expectation, okay, I'm 15, I'm in the ninth grade. I should be able to hang with an, uh, a guy that's 18 turning 19 in some instances his senior year. I got news for you. All you got to do is watch it. One-on-one -on -one battles, good luck. Um, so I think it's a lot more difficult for young guys to be successful. And they may come in with wide eyes thinking that they can, and, and suddenly they don't. So managing that probably that, I don't want to say fragile ego, but that perspective that, man, I'm really good, but, and you are, but you're playing some men here. Right. How do you well, deal you with that? At, I mean, you look at last year, we were 21 and three and we were 21 and three because we had 10 seniors. Right. Right. You right. always win with your juniors and seniors. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's, um, I don't care how good a ninth grader is coming in or a 10th grade, even 10th grader. Right. It takes, I mean, it takes a full year. I think to get under, you know, to get right. up to speed, and, and and that's for any program, right? That's the Benilds, that's us, that's you know, Minnehaha, anybody, right? I mean, it's it's it it takes a, it takes almost a full year to get up to speed. What what the it was interesting from the '80s. We were talking about this recently. Uh, me and one of your fellow coaches who played in the show, and it was you know, you in ninth grade you played midget A, right, or Bantams wherever you were in age. And then in 10th grade, uh, if you didn't make JV, you played second year midgets, and then you'd play JV varsity. You might get one year, maybe two, if you're really good. But there were like no sophomores that played, and there was a lot more patience in the growth and in, in the, in, in the push through. Do you feel pressure? This is a loaded question, because how do you answer this? But do you feel external pressure to keep kids engaged and moving along, or there's a, you know, they may pick up their ball and run. How do you approach that? Not necessarily. Cause I mean, we just play, I don't care. I, you know, I'm contradicting what I just said, but like, if you're good enough to play and you're better, you're going to play. I mean, mm -hmm. we're going to field the best team that we can possibly field. And that's skill wise. That's, you know, a, a lot of different aspects. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't necessarily feel pressure to have young kids play. Great. They're better than what we have. They're going to play. I mean, it's it just, it just flat out the truth. It doesn't really contradict what you said because you had seniors mm -hmm. and you won with them because they, they had aged through the process for you as well. So uh, from the uh, idea of where you see your section playing out, uh, have you had any thoughts about that and where you're fitting in with that? Oh, you know, every day. <laughs> yeah, of <laughs> course. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it's still the big three, right? You know, with Benilde and YZ and Edina. Um they're always going to be the, you know, they're the big three to beat, right? Can you be um, four? We could potentially be four, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Blake's going to be very good as well. Um, sneaky team is going to be Armstrong. Mm. Really? Yeah. And they, I mean, they had some young sophomores mm -hmm. last year that were big and strong and tough, right? And that's going to be a challenge for a young mm -hmm. team, right? So, um, so you got that. Hopkins has got a good crew back. Um, yeah, they're going to be better than they, usual. They've got, I mean, yep. they've got some good, they've got some good young players as well, too. So, um, and St. Louis Park is always St. Louis Park. And, you know, arguably one of the best goaltenders in our section too, Josh Middleton. So anytime you have that, again, it's, you know, it might not be as strong as it was two years ago, right? But it's still going to be, it's still going to be top to bottom. It's still going to be pretty good. I think five to eight is better than it's been. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes it different. Yep. Um, maybe one, two, and three aren't one yep. in, in the, in the rankings, so to speak, across the board. So when you get ready for a season, what are some of the most important things that you're doing right now to ensure that you feel like you're prepared as a coach with the, with the kids? Well, and, and Kenny and I have talked about this. I mean, the job of a, of a high school coach, 75 to 80% of it isn't X's and O's. It's mm -hmm. all the administrative stuff on the right. off season, right? So, I mean, it's equipment now, it's apparel, it's, you know, our schedule's been done for a while. Um, it's, you know, our, our, jer our uh, warm up jersey stuff, finalizing that stuff, right? Um, taking nameplates off our jerseys. I mean, it's all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and it takes a lot of time, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why you see some guys not be successful at, at the high school level that are probably high-end guys or, you know, NHL guys or former D1 guys because it's just there's so much administrative stuff to the, to the job. Now, that said, okay, but we also got to start getting ready. Um, you know, with our staff, we're going to meet in, in October. I have them over at my house yearly. We go through all what we're going to do from a system standpoint. We take a look at the first three weeks, how we're going to map this out, what's practice going to look like from a varsity and a JV perspective. What are First of all, what a tryout's going to look like. You know, then we got scrimmages that weekend. 
um, and then kind of what those first two, three weeks, you know, kind of look like. Once it gets going, once you step on the ice, man, that goes fast, doesn't it? It's like, boom, it goes boom, fast. It's and like, it's, boom. And, it, and it's, it's actually like, it's refreshing too, because there's a yeah. lot less administrative stuff at, right. that, at that point as well too. So, um, and there's, you know, a lot of stuff I do, but I mean, our captain's parents are doing a ton of stuff mm-hmm. uh, and the behind the scenes, right? And um, all that, right? So they do a ton of work. And I mean, I talk to them almost, almost daily on different, different stuff it's all about the build-up well isn't it for sure and set up making sure, sure you do it right boom and it's like you said it's over you, you know, blink your eyes and then yeah, now you're crazy. going oh my god here come the sections here yes. we go you know so as you call it pete it's a runaway train that can't be stopped yeah once the train starts it ain't stopping no. you know those games don't wait for you no you better get on or yeah, you're you you're basically exactly. screwed so um and then you know when when you when you look at the the state of high school hockey I always, every year after a state tournament, and I don't know, I don't think I'm saying this just to say it. It always feels like I say, man, that was the best state final I've ever (laughs) seen, right? Don't we always seem to be saying that? And I don't know if that's an emotional in the moment, but how do you like, how do you replace last year's completely defensively irresponsible game, in my opinion, (laughs) with anything that, I mean, but you know, but it was so good. But, but isn't it amazing though that we can say that? Regardless of what people are saying, you know, this guy's here, that's there. Yeah, it's not about a person; it's about the game. Do you feel that internally as a coach? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I think it's a very healthy state, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and every year, it's just yeah, the tournament's different every year. I mean, six five was a lot of fun for the fans, right? You know, probably not for for Tim and and uh, Mark, but um, and, and the goaltender's parents, but, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean it, it was it was another great state tournament. The Class A tournament was great as well too, right? And so, um, but I think we're in a good spot, um, you know, from 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 hockey, and you know, it it, it it it's hard losing guys to outside of you know high school hockey, but there's certain reasons for certain things. It happens, right? It is what it is, but it's another opportunity for another player as well too. And then you know, and then new heroes, you know, come, next man up, come March, next, right? next uh-huh. man. Uh, are you still engaged with HP stuff? Yes. Uh, can you kind of talk about your role with that with Minnesota hockey? Um, I just the last couple of years, I've just kind of been um, I've just been doing our um, help evaluating for tryouts uh, for mm-hmm. Section Six. Um, so I've been I've kind of done it all. I was GM when I was in Section Four. Um, I was our general manager mm-hmm. for Section Four. I've coached in Six and Four. Um, I've coached at the Fifteen level as well too. Um, mainly just kind of helping um, pick the teams. Um, just from a time perspective, right? I mean, yeah. with, with my girls, and it's hard. They're little boys. Try to do another weekend, right? You yeah. know, and that and that kind of thing as well too. So, um, but I just help, you know, help pick, and then and then I go up and watch all weekend as well too, and I'm around and and whatnot too. So, how do you think that's impacted slash helped uh, hockey as a whole that program? It um, it gives some. You know, the high-end kids are always going to be the high-end kids. Um, it's, you know, it's been giving a lot of kids exposure at, at you know, what, like the 15s are in, and 14s and 15s. They go, or, or 15s are up in St. Cloud. Uh, the 14s are up in Duluth, and then they end up in St. Cloud as well. Um, you have kids going to Natty Camp. You know, yep. there's a big turnover a lot um, with different kids going to Natty Camp, so there's a lot of exposure there for, for kids. Um, like I said, the top-end kids always going to be the top-end kid. It's just kids that, oh, hmm, okay, wow. You know, and there's yeah. you know, surprises every year. Um, and it gives those kids opportunities, which is great. How many multi-sport athletes do you see on your teams? We're different. Yeah. And we have to be. With the size of our school, we're 600 and, I don't know, 70 kids, whatever it is. We have to have multi-sport. You do. Kids. You know, otherwise they're just not going to, they're not going to survive. Um, I think what we have now is, um, as opposed to when I took over, we had a lot of football guys that also played hockey. We had baseball guys that always played hockey. We have, I mean, I, I, I look at our team, you know, last year and this year, I mean, it's, they're hockey guys first, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, which is, you know, which is great. But I, I, I mean, we push multi-sport that, you know, multi-sports. I know, I know a lot of, you know, when I, you, you, you hear different philosophies, right. And, and I, and I like it, right. Especially in the spring, you know, I really right. like them in the spring just to kind of get away for a little bit. That said, you got HP trials and, and you got your stuff in, in March too. So it's, you know, it, it's talking on both sides of my mouth here, but, um, but we have a lot of guys. I mean, we, we have guys that just go play JV golf. They're not great, but there's, I want to do something and get away from the rink for a little bit. And we've got, you know, we've got multiple guys that play baseball. We've got multiple guys that play tennis, got guys on the golf team. Um, so. When well, your athletic department, like your 
teams are very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the football team, Gundy, just is he's amazing. He just does it year after year. I mean, Isn't our, he great? I mean, our, our football team, I think they're fifth in the state right now. Our girls soccer is number one. Boys is number one or two. Man. Volleyball is fifth, maybe. Right. There. And then along with volleyball, then girls basketball girls follows basketball, that because it's half been, the, all the same players. They've been, exactly. They've been in the state tournament not multiple years. I'm going to roll five, four, five, six mm-hmm. years in a row now as well, too. Dan does an unbelievable job with the the basketball program and our softball team was were they in, I think they were in the state tournament last year. Our baseball mm-hmm. team might have been in the section. They, they were, were close. Final. Yep. Last year, multiple you know two Division One guys on the team as well too. So, um, and he, and Mike does a great job too. So, and then you look at our girls, our girls hockey, right? And, and you know, and uh, and they played in the section final last year, and you know, number five team in the state, and that's to Arno, who was really really good. So, yeah. So I was thinking I was going to ask you about Ryan and uh, Ryan Lemire and yep. what he's doing over there. Do you guys work? Do 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 you bounce things off each other as far as you know? I mean, the logistics of, hey, this works, that doesn't work, school wise or whatever. I mean, do you work together in yeah, any way? We talk, we, we talk yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, we talk quite a bit. So we've we've come we've come pretty close. Um, and I think you know, for him, he just wanted some guidance. You know, yeah. Like when he first, you know, he was first time as a high school coach, and you know, I was in it for you know, I was at Holy Angels for a few years before he was. So just just some different things about you know, the rink or school or whatever it might be, right? He's an alum, he knows the school, but just, you know, it's different when you're a coach. Um, yeah, we, I mean, we, we talk quite a bit and, um, you know, you know, just about little things, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's always, it's always good to have your sounding board as well too, right, right? when you right. need stuff, right? And how to handle things and whatnot as well. Um, but yeah, and, and, and actually what's, what's good is, is we have a lot of, I mean, that we have a lot of siblings on, both teams as well too, wow. right? Yeah. Um, and so, like our captains' parents, I mean, they talk to their captains' parents. We run our golf tournament together. Um, Good. Yeah. You know, and so it's fifty-fifty on what we make and they make, and um, but we, I mean, we, yeah, we do work pretty close with our, our girls. Program. We didn't. We need info for that. When you have your next one, we'll be there. We'll have a maybe. We'll do a, an MN Hockey TV sure. hole for you guys. We'd be happy to do that. So. Of June. Um, all right, we're there. So put me down on the list. We'll make Got it happen. Um, final question for you. Uh, non-hockey related. Let's go go for football. Exactly. All right. Did you see this? So man. when you know, I've had people. This is really funny because people will say to me, "Well, yeah, they're they're not playing anybody." I go, "Exactly," but they were losing to teams like that or barely getting by them, and they're just absolutely destroying them. Does Chris Ottman Bell? I mean, what's that going to do to this club? Yeah. So first off, getting back to the. I mean, they can only play who's on their schedule, right? That stuff was 10 years ago, right? New yep. Mexico State yeah. wasn't that bad 10 years ago, right? No, they Col- weren't. Col- they beat us in 2011. 10 years yep. ago, they right? were. They beat us in 2011, yep. exactly, right? I mean, they're blowing them out, right? And that's, well, that's what you should do. No, They've never week, done that. 27-point favorites, and they won by 42 against, and it's still a Power 5 school. I know Colorado is not very good. They're still a Power 5 school. Right, yep. and and they're doing things that they've never done in my lifetime. And I'm as big as a Gopher football fan as you'll find, and as big as Rube as you'll find. But this team, and I said this in the offseason, this team is going to be special, right? Yeah. And and you know, having Kirk back as the old o, o coordinator, that's huge, mm-hmm. huge. Um, getting back to the second question you had about um, Ottman Bell, like I mean, obviously it's a huge thing, right? He has more receptions, yards, and touchdowns in his career than everybody else combined. Right? Yeah. But again, next man up, right? Look at last year. I mean, they, they got rolling last year after Mo went down, mm-hmm. after Trey went down, after I mean all these guys went down, right? And 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 Ottman Bell, right? They, I mean they 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 played better at the end of the year than they did earlier in the year. They and did it's exciting now that they finally are off to a good start. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. haven't done this for a long, long time. Um but that said, I was talking to my wife about it yesterday. We're in the car, she's like, I'm like we're just talking. I'm like, how do you feel about the game? And she's like, and she's a huge rube too. And she's like, do you think it's a must to win or they have to win? I'm like, it's not a must win. It's not going to ruin their Michigan season. State. Yeah, yeah. But they have to win. I know. If they don't, I know. If they don't, I'm going to turn my phone off for a month. Because <laughs> I think you're going to get destroyed. Get I mean, just killed. Right. And right. It's like, and and it's interesting that Michigan State is ranked, and we're still a three point favorite. Yeah. They're not ranked actually anymore in the new. Did they drop one? Okay. Yeah, they, they get that lost. Still road favorites. Yeah. One of them, I think, yeah. is twenty first. Yeah. One of the polls are twenty first, but maybe 26. maybe. They, but maybe road favorites still, in yeah. the Big Ten that's, is is rare. a pretty that's big pretty deal. Crazy, yeah. uh, but I do agree with you that it's it's not a, a season killer. But no, this is the type of game you have to have. 
but they they played pretty well on the road. I think about those games in uh, West Lafayette. Um, you know, a, a pretty spunky club. There's the coach to coach rivalry win there. <laughs> you know, Indiana has been really good. Obviously, the past couple of years, there's been some big wins there. The only road game that that I looked to over the past last year that that Illinois thing just bugged me. Oh. Didn't that bug you? Because I, mean, I hate I mean, Bielema. Finished nine and three. Oh yeah, yeah. And nine and three, and he loses to Bowling Green in Illinois. I know. Holy cow. There's you eleven know? and one. Yeah. And now where are we playing? Indy. Right. Exactly. Indy, but no, it's they got they got to pull this out. Tanner looks different this year too. Tanner's got. He's got Do you think back. he's pro worthy? Right. Is camp the, maybe yeah. CFL? He's got zip on his ball and he's moving a little bit better. And I, I was joking in the crowd like. Because I annoy the fans around me, I'm like, is that Pat Mahomes or is that Tanner Morgan? <laughs> no, but it looks like he's got his confidence back, right? And and the COVID year, I don't know what it was, but man, his ball was just, it just looked like ducks. I mean, it looked like it a, was it sailing like on a, him. Look, yeah, and it just it was it, weird. It, it didn't have the zip. And then last year, I mean, they still let him throw it all, mm-hmm. you know. Right and now, I mean, he's zipping the ball around, and I think the big key too is 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 their tight end, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I've never understood. And this is a hockey guy talking, like I know more about football than I do hockey, but just with their offense and running the ball and not being deep threat team, right? And a lot of slants. How are we not, you know, are we, do, do we not have the tight ends, the athletic tight ends to throw out in the flat, right? And just yeah. more tight end dumps off, dump offs. Or are they know? keeping them in for protection? I mean. And they're blocking, right? I mean, yeah. O'Keefe's of the world, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So, um, but. Yeah, they don't Brevin, really slot Brevin, out. Brevin, they don't slot those guys Brevin's out at all. Play, Brevin's going to play on Sundays. Now is, Who is? Brevin Spanford's yeah. going to play on Sundays. Absolutely. Well, now now's the time for it. I mean, yes. that's that's a guy you need to step up with with Ottman Bell out. 100%. Just a physical total mismatch. Well, having Mo back there though changes oh. everything. You got to honor that. Yeah. You know, I think that just clearly has opened up those uh, those lanes in the passing game more than for sure. You got to deal with it. A lot of those teams are just overwhelmed though by the 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 talent and the skill that that they've had. But the one thing that I I've, I've been wildly impressed with in the Fleck era is the depth of quality of player that's sitting on the sidelines, mm-hmm. waiting in the wings. Because the truth is, is it's always, well, if we can stay healthy, if you have the depth to be injured because you're going to be in this game, to have those kind of guys be able to step up, and then you say, well, we got that guy, that guy, that guy here, you know? So think about Tyler Johnson, you know, yeah. um, or uh, Bateman. Were they great as freshmen? Did they get a chance right away? They kind of slithered they in. Did. Uh, yeah, he did. did yeah. But Ty Johnson was sort of uh, a secondary receiver. Came in as athlete. He was a quarterback in high school. What are you going to do right? with him? Yeah. We're going to we'll split him out. Now he's making money on Sunday. Right. You know? Um, I, I think, you know, a couple things. Talk about the injuries, right? Um, everybody has them. It's a violent game. Everybody has yep. them. Everybody had. I mean, Georgia lost their starting quarterback last year. Guy comes in, they win the national championship. Yeah, who's this right? guy? He's right? a household now, name. Now, there's a little different situation, right? They're right. pumping out five star guy after five star guy. Right. A little bit different situation. I get that. The other key is, you know, when when PJ took over, I mean, they had four offensive linemen yeah. on their roster, right? And so you brought in these young guys like Falale and Dunlap and all these guys, right? And, and huge uh, Schmitz and all the guys, right? And but they're young and they don't have any experience. Now, like, okay, now you graduate all those guys, or you lost all those guys, right, to, to the NFL or in graduation, except for Schmitz. But then, and we got the transfer from Michigan, and but Quinn Carroll hasn't played either, right? Yeah. So you got, but you got the other guys that are plugging in there, Rushmeyer and these other guys. These guys, and that's what's nice about blowing these teams out. These guys are getting experience. Yeah. So now you've got guys that are three, four years with the program that have played three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a season. You're not just throwing them to the wolves, yeah. right? And they're not true freshmen. They're sitting on the sidelines, getting experience, getting experience in practice every day in the offseason, spring practice, all that. And now you're plugging these guys in, and you're not missing a beat. And I'd argue their offensive line, I mean, again, we're not seeing, you know, we're not seeing Ohio State's D-line against us or Wisconsin, but the same sense. And that's partly why Tanner's upright. He's got confidence because he's got time to find the open receiver, right? Who's there to lose to in the West? Wisconsin, I mean, no, I, I, that that's it. Though. I just, they, I just, they, they are offensively a disaster. They are. They're a little um, better this year. I think Mertz, I, I, Mertz has I, looked a little better. I think Purdue's a better than a one and two team. They lost to WSU, dude. That's just I, that says it all. But sorry, it's, it's, but we lost uh, to Bowling Green last year. Yes, sorry, exactly. And <laughs> Illinois, right? So right, yeah. I just, 
I don't know. You just it's one. I mean, right. The but that's coach a, adage, right? One game at a time. Mm-hmm. Like, but worry about one and but would that be week. if they win the axe again? That's is that three in a row? Two of the last three. Two of the last. That's right. They, the the they middle one. They lost yeah, the, COVID the COVID year, year which yeah. nobody cared about. Right. right. Final question. Nebraska, <laughs> changing coach. I mean, really? How bad is it like, that, that you can't wait two weeks and save $7 million? That's how bad it was. That's how bad the Unbelievable. And, here's the, and, and so I was talking to somebody that knows the situation well down there, and he said it wasn't just wins and losses. No. It was how the alumni was getting treated, and, and you don't treat the alums well and that are pumping money into your program. You're a dead man walking. So the old ego. Because there's, there's a gopher coach. That was the same issue. The old ego got a little too high. For sure. For yeah. Sure. There was another, there was a gopher coach that got walked out in the last 25 years. Won't mention names, but it was kind of the same thing. One of my favorite, if I think great. it is who wasn't I think great. it is. Wasn't got the great. building built. Yeah, it wasn't great with the alums, right? So, mm-hmm. um, But really great. Great. Brought us back great. on the map. But, right? Hey, just like anything, right? And, and we've seen it in high school coaching, right? You piss off the wrong person, you're a dead man walking. <laughs> How are you still walking? I don't know. Like seriously, I just I tippy toe and try to. Stay you know what's been great to watch is, um, you know, you you coming into the, let, let's be honest, whoever came in after Greg Treble, good luck. Right. You know, it didn't matter if it was a right hand man or not. It's just going to be impossible. And there was just such personality and character built with what the stars were. When you look back at that team, uh, how they that was, and now it's in the likeness of your eyes. Is there anything that you're reaching back to from the mid 2000s, or is this all Patrick Griswold? I just think it's a lot different. I think the player's different. I think um, hockey's different, right? Yeah. They're just they're just they're just what kids are into, what they're doing. You know, multiple sports. I think he, there was more multiple sport kids. I mean, then. I mean, yeah. It, I'm just saying across high school hockey, not just not yeah. just us yeah, as yeah. well too. So um, it's different, right? And yeah. and and you want to put your stamp on your own thing, and you have your own culture, right? And um, you know, things that worked in 2005 probably doesn't work in 2022, right? So I still um, think he got the best drink in high school hockey. It's the best. No, it is. It's like a bomb shelter, though, from a Wi-Fi perspective. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. That's brutal. Well, we we got to get some we extenders. Have to have a hot spot on. Yeah, it's, crazy. it's that's so, the one thing that I just is, is tough. But outside of that, I mean, like that section game was awesome. I mean, it was jammed and it was. Awesome. Isn't it fun in there? It was awesome. I mean. Result wasn't awesome, but but the experience, the experience and great, and right? I think a, a full Richfield Ice Arena is absolutely it's unbelievable. Second to none. I, I mean, I was there a ton of times, like you know Sidney Crosby and some of the Shattuck teams they'd play, and some of the you know they play diner or whatever, and the place is just jammed. It's awesome. You're up and away, but you're close, right? And and, and the view, it's such a cool vibe. Well, it feels like cool a pro too. game in its own way in there, and, and the lighting is so good. Yeah. And then it's it's great for when you guys you know when you guys stream games or whatever. Yep. And you're right on top. Of oh, action, I love right? it. Best spot to call a game. Right? My favorite part is right there. My favorite part is you're gonna love this. I can give it one of these. I can take the ear thing off and give you a listen. Yeah. But the problem is, is like when you talk, you got a lower voice here, but you go a little higher register when you yell. Yeah. There's a, there's a different level. For a, sure. a little higher, <laughs> right? Like 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 you go a little more here, and so that so then I can't hear what you're saying. So I'm like. Okay. I can't make out what you're saying. I know they can. Yeah. So that's just a little uh, inside baseball where whatever you're doing, the parents don't know what the hell you're saying. <laughs> so that's perfect. Sometimes they do. I can hear them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's part, of, yeah, that's, that's part of it too. <laughs> hey, have you ever coached a game at the IRA Civic Center? Yeah. How not great. high school. Not high school, okay. but, but youth hockey. Over your shoulder, no glass. So high school games, you know, people have their season tickets or whatever. They're they're all strewn there. An amazing old school Montreal Forum uh, Maple Leaf Garden scenario there, and they still don't have the glass up there. It was like Met Center too. Met Center was like that. Too. So cool. Yeah, Met was like that. I'll never forget. I was at the uh, Oilers North Stars, nineteen eighty four, eighty five, and uh, I'll never forget Keith Acton drills Gretzky. Marty McSorley jumps over the boards and goes after Keith Acton, starts a fight. Then somebody dumps beer on Glenn Sather, oh. like right there. He's going into the crowd. They're pulling him down. A big. It was nuts. And I'm t- nine or ten years old and just watching wow. this. I'm like, this Incredible. Is unbelievable. So yeah. what happened to Acton? Uh, they, they, did he get out of it? Did he wiggle away? I mean, they just. It, I mean, it just kind of started a brawl. But Keith yeah. Acton, I love that guy. He yeah. was sort of a, a poor man's Kenny the Rat Linsman, wasn't he? For sure. 
<laughs> so Brad good. Mershon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you just don't hit Gretzky. Don't start he, me on he Brad. Gave, he gave he gave a hip check to Gretzky and Gretzky went down and then even like the home crowd was like get up, get up, get or you know, it was right, yeah, right. Like, get up, get up, get up. You need him to Gretzky, and then, yeah. and then he then he found his way up. So yeah. you gotta be somewhere soon. So um we're gonna uh, say thank you for uh, popping in here. It was awesome to have I you on board. Uh, we, we see he's he's not a one dimensional coach. You know, I mean the the gopher insight. Yeah. I mean, top notch. That might be better than anything we've heard out in the airwaves. Seriously, sure. that was really good. So let's sure. bring you on again. For sure. We're not one dimensional here. We try not to be anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, the gopher uh, football pod is what you got to do. Yeah. Well, I'll absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? We might need to. We've yeah. got the space. Yeah. We've got uh, a phenomenal guy back there, and Glenn making it on happen. On the control. So. Absolutely. So real quick, before we fly out of here, we want to thank all of our sponsors. Of course, Jack Link, steak strips so thick and tender, they deserve their own slow jam. Love that. Sniper's Edge Hockey, synthetic ice and skills tools for you to train anywhere and improve your game. Shop them online at snipersedgehockey.com. Don't forget about the Prospect Exchange, TPE, we call them. Evaluate, share, and advance. They're part of our whole process with the MN Hockey TV, players can purchase individual uh, player profiles through this with all of the games being gathered in and cut for them. Uh, we'll also help them with how to make their own, um, oh, what we shall we say, recruiting video that looks good uh, or have some, some advice from scouts and coaches. Uh, we're working on that. Also, don't forget about St. Louis Park Nutrition. You can find them uh, on Instagram at slp underscore nutrition or just on facebook at slp nutrition and last but not least how about the metabutes check them out at metabutes.io this is the metabutes sports league studios we're going to say so long to everybody for matt harrington brandon spat spratt mm. 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 it's okay just drop that one <laughs> for matt harrington brandon spratt there you go patrick griswold and of course tim colaminen from breakdown sports usa glenn gray running the controls uh, back in the studio here i'm pete wagner so long everybody <laughs>